fucking part-timer coming in, taking spots from people who fucking needed. Coming in, wrestling part-time, where he should be there full-time. Like, like the Ely brothers, you know. Full-time. Tyler Bay Arrow Airplane Spin Vaulter. I think he can. He can, man. He can. I think he can. Uh, can he give him the Tyler Driver, though? Can he give him the Tyler Driver? Is his butt looking amazing? Yes. It's fucking goddamn yeah, this it's man. Point, really on point. This man, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna blow him one of these days. Tyler, do you wanna come on the podcast? I, like, we'll, we'll also hit on you. We're, yeah, we're gonna try to fuck you as well. <laughs> this is a devil's Don't tell Liv. Don't, you don't have to. What, what saves and losses? Tyler Benner. Liv knows what's up. <laughs> oh, yeah, Liv. Liv's cool. <laughs> Gotta host What if we got Tyler Benner in here? And I'm like, Tyler, so we fuck him? And he was like, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, we're in an awesome relationship. And then you're like, what about Liv? And he's like, oh, Liv's cool. <laughs> yeah, Liv's cool about it. The part-timers coming in. Taking our spots. <laughs> taking our matches. Taking our moments. Taking our women. Taking our jobs. Fucking, <laughs> fucking our races. <laughs> mixing <laughs> with our races. Coming in with their, their mixed-race kids going to school with my kids. Also, are you bi? No. No. No, lose on the level. <laughs> wait, wait, Tyler, are you are you actually bi? No. No. I'm just whatever. I'm fucked, mate. <laughs> I'm fucked, mate. I just fuck a lot. Tyler, are you just going, I'm fucked, mate. <laughs> like, like a David Bowie style, like, third gender, like, yeah. fucking every... Like, yeah, man, you can get, like... Okay. Yeah, if he finds you attractive, man. It's fucking part time. Wait, wait, wait. They come in here, they don't pay taxes. Are you, wait, they that's come not, in that's here, not, that's not, and they're like, oh, don't shoot me, it's America. I got the right to shoot a part time and colored. I'm there wait, on my property. Hey. Wait, what? They part time and colored ass on my property. Wait a second. I got a right to shoot them. Wait a second. I think, wait, are we still talking about the same thing? You gotta tell me John Gresham doesn't have charisma, but you're gonna be like fucking Hiroki Goto's a fucking star. Fuck you, okay? <laughs> Fuck you. 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 Second match, he's wrestling a change. What they're gonna do actually, Finn is gonna start wrestling Bray, Bray's gonna be under the ring, and a bag of shit will appear, and the gimmick will be to see if the fans can come up with it. So big! So big! The beliefs of Brunel Dermosa did not reflect the beliefs of the Talking Smart podcast. Cause there's no such thing as that. Yeah. The podcast doesn't have beliefs. Yeah. You fucking idiot. Yeah. I turned you. I turned you on you. Yeah. That's how. It, that's what you get when you hang out with me for three. That's my favorite thing when the companies will say shit like that. Like the express reviews that don't reflect the values of the Disney corporation. Like, there's no such thing as the values. You have of a no fucking va- corporation. Your values is literally make as much money as you can. Every corporation has the same value. If it was legal to beat children to death and make a profit, you'd do it. There's no values. What the fuck are you talking about? And we're coming in alone, <laughs> but still hot. Um, welcome to Talking Smark, everybody. 
I am your co-host, Lawson Leong. And I'm Benel Jermosin. Now, that wasn't even an attempt at an impression. The fuck was that? Oh... Uh, I'm Benel Jermosin, and I hate all of you. That was a good. That was way better. I think I nailed that. Um, so yeah, folks, listen. Um, this is a solo talking smart today. Uh, solo in that it is just I, Lawson, recording. Listen, we ain't got time to fuck around. I got a lot of shit to talk about. A lot of wrestling happened. A lot of matches to go over. Oh, where to start? Look at all these fucking tabs I got. Sixteen Carat, New Japan Cup, Fast Lane. Yeah, you know, because the thing is, okay, look, we um, we didn't really review Fastlane because it was mostly just us being uh, mad, and the talking smart that didn't get recorded last week because my app got fucked up was mostly um, it was half. We talked about Game of Thrones for half of it, and we even did a draft. Uh, so I don't know if anyone cares about that. If you want to hear what the draft was, if you really want me to put that together tweet at me at Lost in Comedy 89. I don't expect anyone will give a fuck. But yeah, so I'm gonna really quickly, I'm gonna do Fastlane first because I want to do it quick. And then I want to talk about stuff I give a shit about. So look, here's the thing. Fastlane, WWE. Um, look, I've always liked it. I'm gonna start with the main event. I'm a Shield guy. Uh, if you listen to Voices of Wrestling, you know that they don't give a fuck about the Shield. I've realized this about myself. And you have to be honest. You have to know what you care about in this world. Life is shorter than you think. So, and I know that I just will always love the Shield. No matter what. Does it make sense that they got back together? After Dean, two weeks ago, was like, I'm glad you have cancer, Roman. I'm gonna go kill Seth now, because I'm evil. (laughs) While Renee has to be on commentary, being like, I don't know what he's thinking. I'm just married to the guy. Fuck what I know. Does this make sense? No. But let me ask you this. Is the shield involved? Yes. And that's really all I give a fuck about. I just want to... I like the shield. I love the dynamic of them. I love their weird Goldilocksy, Fucking... <laughs> the three of them. Different size. Different... Uh, they're not really that, that different in size. But they're, they're different in... They're different in style is really what it is. Right? The big Samoan guy. Fucking... The... 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 They, they, they called him a lunatic friend. Really... He was supposed to be the wild card, is really what he was. He's the unpredictable one, Dean Ambrose, right? When they were, This is when they were cool. Remember when they were young and cool and hip? Coming in 2012, beating up Daniel Bryan and Kane and Ryback and The Rock and shit. Anyway, and then you have Seth. He's the fast one, but he's like the smart one too. You know, he's the architect... Which, whatever, that, you know, he became the Kingslayer. None of his nicknames have ever really been good. But the point was that he was the smart one, right? And he was able to take Roman's strength and Dean's unpredictability and mold it into a strategic unit, an attack force that they... One of my favorite matches, for real, was when the Shield fought, like, eight heels on SmackDown, like, 3v8, and they fucked them all up. Because it's, like, the whole thing... It's also I think I also love that it's three of them. It's, like, the Three Musketeers... All for one, one for all. And I think the other thing I've always loved about the Shield as a faction is it's the only faction I can think of in wrestling where there really wasn't a leader. Uh, and this one really was like they really were all for one, one for all. You know, like it, so, and that's what made me buy into the fact that they were so effective because most factions are built around oh we got to protect the leader, you know, and whatever. And 
Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, people love the Four Horsemen, obviously. Uh, and that was, you know, the older generations, that was their thing. My faction is a shield. It's always gonna be. No matter how poor their singles runs, uh, have gone, how terrible their stories were told with them. Look, it's this company, so it's always, it's usually gonna be shit. Uh, unless, you know, maybe Vince dies and Triple H takes over, and then we'll get some good shield storylines. If Dean Ambrose comes back, or if he doesn't actually leave. Anyway, let's get to the match. Uh, the Shield defeated Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin are bad, but they weren't so bad in this match. Drew McIntyre, I really have high hopes for him as being a top guy. Top babyface Drew McIntyre. Um, I mean, he's been, you know, they push him as this, like, you know, crazy heel, but you know the future is they want him to be another top face. And when Roman was out, with leukemia, not that I, you know, <laughs> it's not that I wanted Roman to stay out with leukemia. I'm glad he's healthy, and I'm glad he's back doing what he can, you know, what he wants to do. Um, but I thought maybe the, uh, <laughs> the, maybe the, it would give impetus to the company to, um, run with McIntyre as a top face for a while. Now I'm not so sure. Looks like they're going to be wrestling at WrestleMania. Which kind of sucks, because I feel like Roman has to win that match. It's this, it's this comeback match from fucking leukemia. You can't just Claymore kick him into... I mean, you could, but I just don't think that's what'll happen. But we'll get to that later when we do Mania previews. Look, this, this match was fun. It went 25 minutes. I really enjoyed it. Probably go four stars flat on it. Not the best Shield match ever. But it was fun. They played the hits. Dean ran on the fucking tables. Seth jumped off a balcony. Well, Roman had the big singles thing with Corbin in the middle of the ring. And you would think, yeah, okay, Baron Corbin in the singles thing with Roman, it's probably going to be bad. But you know what? It was actually great. This is one of Baron Corbin's best performances. I know it's not a high bar to clear. You know, he had like a good match with Samoa Joe in NXT. He had a... He was good in this tag match in NXT with Rhino against um, Gable and Jordan. Uh, he was in a fun three-way on the main roster with, like, uh, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, I think it was. So he's had, like, he's been in good matches and had pretty okay performances before. But he was really good here selling the big near falls and all that. I thought his actual, his selling was surprisingly good. Um, his timing was great. I mean, look, Roman is also really good. Uh, and I've always said Roman was good. I've never been one of these people who was like, oh... I mean, yeah, sure, he's been overpushed and all that shit, but look, he he was a um, sympathetic favorite here, conquering hero, conquering leukemia, and uh, I really enjoyed this match, I thought it was really fun. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair, this is bullshit, this went nine minutes for no reason, it was a, basically an angle, it wasn't even really a match, there's no star rating really that does this thing justice, because it wasn't a match, it was bullshit. And I don't, this is the way they got Becky Lynch into WrestleMania. This is the way. I, a lot has already been made about this, so I'm not going to go into it. We all know it sucks. Everyone thinks it sucks. There's no one who doesn't who thinks this is good. There's no one who's like, yeah, the top babyface in the company, the hottest woman on the roster, Becky Lynch. You know, goddamn, how are we going to get into WrestleMania? I'll fucking tell you what, man. Fucking, let's have Ronda Rousey go and punch her in the face, and then have her smile about it and be like, well, sure enough, I'm going to Mania. See that? That's a fucking... An MMA star punched me in the face. That's how I got into WrestleMania. Fucking... You know, when when you're a kid and you think about, man, 
Can't wait to main event WrestleMania someday. That's how you think about getting there, right? You don't think... I, th I mean, most people probably think about winning the Royal Rumble, which Becky fucking did. But no. <laughs> it wasn't enough to win the fucking Royal Rumble with an injured leg, which also... Why the... This injured leg thing is never... Becky with a bad wheel is a shit storyline. Why? Why? It's not necessary. I don't need Becky to have a bad wheel. She could just defeat people on two good legs. She could just kick people's asses from the Rumble to fucking Mania. She also, at the Rumble, let's go, let's take this all the way back. Let's take it all the way back. Okay. She gets super over. She's red hot at the end of last year. Loses the title to Asuka in a three-way fucking TLC match. That's fine. She didn't have to get pinned. She didn't submit. She lost, Asuka was great, so she won, finally got a women's title, and Becky and Charlotte had, you know, it was a great match, one of my favorite matches of the last year. So, uh, how are we going to get from here to Mania? Well, uh, goddamn, I'll tell you what, the Royal Rumble, first, let's have her submit to Asuka. Not, wait, submit, yeah, no, you fucking heard me. She's going to submit to Asuka in the middle of the ring. Alright, cool, I guess we're going to put over Asuka strong. No, we're never going to bring it up again. No, we're not going to... That has nothing to do with Asuka. We just want Becky to submit. Well, can she at least pass out in the hold? God damn it, no! There's no passing out in the hold. God, well, what, what do you think? She is Steve Austin? What do you think? We're trying to get her over? No, she's going to tap out in the middle of the ring. <laughs> Fucking... That would, that would not that would give Asuka no credit for it, that she tapped out the most popular woman on the roster. No. She's going to tap Becky out. Then not be on TV for a month. Then lose a match to Mandy Rose. Okay, so back to Becky. What are we going to do with her? Is she just going to go into the Rumble and then win it? No, we're going to have Lana limp out at, like, number 29 or 30. What the fuck was Lana? No, because Carmella was 30, so Lana was, like, 29, right? Becky's going to come back out after fucking losing in the opener. Uh, by the way, having a four-star match. I love that Oscar-Becky Lynch match. But anyway, she fucking comes out... And replaces Lana because we really needed that to happen. We didn't need to explain how Becky got in the Rumble just because she wrestled earlier. She could also have just been in the Rumble. You make the fucking rules, man. Sasha could have been in the Rumble too. That would have made it a better Rumble if Becky and Sasha were both in it instead of you know. I was. It was cool that Ray Ripley was in. It. Anyway, look. I'm, uh, tangents. Even when I'm alone. But the point is, you could have just had her in the Rumble and didn't win it. She didn't have to replace. An injured, an injured Lana, and then get injured herself, and somehow still win, and then wrestle Charlotte here, injured, and fucking have Ronda come and punch her in the face. Everything about this story, god damn it, I really like Becky. I really want this thing to work. The women are gonna main event, and Becky, I want Becky to end WrestleMania holding that title up over a conquered and defeated Ronda Rousey. Fucking hell. Um. I've already spent more time on this pay-per-view than I meant to. Okay, look. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus uh, Kevin Owens with Mustafa Ali. <sighs> Mustafa Ali's awesome. He was booed here. That's, fuck everything. Um, Kevin Owens, you know, he was getting lost in all this as Kevin Owens. He's a babyface now. No one's talking about this. He came back as a babyface. Not only that, he's using the stunner. He's using Stone Cold's. You know the biggest star in the history of fucking wrestling, except maybe Hulk Hogan, debatably? He's using that guy's move. The stunner. No one fucking does it. 
Willie Mack does on the indies, and some people do in joke matches. That doesn't count. In WWE, a top guy comes back as a babyface, is using the stunner, all signs point to, I should be a red hot, no, fuck that, white hot babyface. It's Kevin Owens, one of the most charismatic fuckers around. If you followed him in Ring of Honor, you realize this what this dude could be. He basically became the Stone Cold of Ring of Honor. And he's come back here to a lukewarm response. Why? Because in wrestling, timing is everything. Timing is everything. Not just with pushes, not just with deep pushes and cooling off, or when to strap somebody up, but also with fucking moves. <laughs> it's important when you do the move. And anyway, so... And timing is everything. That's so why Mustafa Ali comes out here and is fucking booed because of the bullshit that happened earlier, which I'm going from, you know, main event on down. So, But we all know. We, a few of us, you, everyone knows what happened. It, we, everyone wanted Kofi, so we're going to sacrifice Mustafa Ali. Not Andrade. And yeah, I understand Mustafa Ali earned this title match because he pinned Daniel Bryan. So they did, yeah, they explained that on commentary. doesn't change the fact that this was shit. They could have put Andrade in this spot. Or something, or someone, like Nakamura, another heel. Then we have a Nakamura Brian match. Wouldn't that be cool? They're on the same fucking brand. They haven't wrestled each other. You have the access to these talents. Uh, anyway, so no, but it's Mustafa Ali, who look, you know, in terms of, this is he's Mustafa Ali went from two hundred five live to having a WWE title match on a pay per view. So in some ways, yes, uh, he's living his dream. Which, if your dream is to have a title match against the best wrestler in the world, Daniel Bryan, on a WWE pay-per-view, and then be booed, even though you're best, you're the best babyface on the fucking roster because you're not another guy. Yeah, that's the dream. So that's what he has to put up with. And what does he do for his efforts? He bumps like a madman, takes a dropkick from the top rope into a fucking barricade. Fucking DDT's Bryan on the floor in an amazing sequence. Gets kneed out of midair in an awesome finish. Is clearly the star of this match, although Brian was awesome too. Owens is great, but he was clearly the third guy here. And it's just because Mustafa Ali and Daniel Bryan are so fucking good. Uh, Kevin Owens is a very good wrestler. Um, but really, the, look, the strength of him has been promos and charisma. It always has been. And I, I've said for years that oh, Kevin Owens could be the hottest babyface in that company. And he, they're finally going with him as a phase. He's using the stunner, which I also used to say that would should be his finish when he goes babyface. Um, and it's just fucking... God. People don't even react to his stunner. I mean, I guess they have to get used to it because it's switched from the Papa Powerbomb. But, like, god damn. You didn't even have to... It's a stunner. You shouldn't even have to... It shouldn't have to be a finish for people to react to it. It's the most fucking... Famous move in pro wrestling. How, how, that's the only move Vince took, like, dozens of times. Alright. Anyway, that was a great match, though. It was probably, like, four stars. Uh, so, just being mad about everything. But it was a great match, because Mustafa Ali... Daniel Bryan has been working his ass off as champion. We should also... Besides that really um, bad AJ match at the Rumble, I want to say. Besides that, uh, man, he's been fucking killing it. Honestly. Uh, then we have the boss and hug connection. Ba <laughs> fucking terrible name. Uh, Bailey and Sasha versus Nijax Tamina. This is bad. I don't have anything else to say about it except... I guess Beth Phoenix being back is cool. Fine, sure. Uh, I love Bailey and Sasha. Always have. 
their feud was bullshit. Um, I don't know what to say. Uh, I don't know what they're doing for Mania with Bailey and Sasha. I was hoping it would be EO and Kyrie. Looks like it won't be. Uh, if not that, then actually I want to go the other, completely the other direction and go with Trish and Lita. Because I, yeah, I, I, I like the idea of them beating Trish and Lita at Mania to, like, you know, a pass a torch match. That'd be fucking cool. Uh, and yeah, look, Lita, Lita's not looked, she's looked fine in her. <laughs> Trish has looked better. I'm not gonna, I've always been a Lita fan, but I have to be honest. Trish has definitely been better. And look, Bailey and Sasha are great. They, and they would have heat. It would be fun, but no, it looks like it's going to be some sort of weird three. The Iconics are involved now. I don't fucking know, man. Samoa Joe defeats Andrade, R-Truth, and Rey Mysterio by choking out Rey Mysterio to build to a match of Mania with Rey Mysterio. This company doesn't know what the fuck it's doing. Um, <laughs> he's still never been, R-Truth has never dropped the fall to lose this US title. R-Truth has been the guy they've protected. He's beat, Ray, Joe beat Mysterio both times on SmackDown and this show. Uh, clean, not like he even cheated or anything, which is fine. He's an ass kicker, Samoa Joe. But this is to build to him and Ray after he beat Ray twice? It's because they just realized Dominic, they can do an angle, that's why. But, whatever. This R-Truth John Cena thing is funny, but it's going nowhere. Um, and then, uh, so Andrade doesn't get rid of Mysterio at Mania? Really, they just had all this series of awesome matches, just for for fucksies, just to fill up fucking <laughs> for fucksies. I don't even know what I'm saying. It was I, it was a combination of me saying for funsies and for fuck's sake. That's what that was. Um, yeah, they just had this series of matches just to fill up TV time the last couple months. The one fun thing we've had in terms of match quality, at least. Um, the one fun thing you can count on is there'll be an Andrade Mysterio match that'll be fucking great. And they'll do cool shit together. And so for the big show, what are we gonna do? Ah, switch them. I don't get me wrong, the dynamic of Mysterio and Joe is good. Joe's a great badass beatdown heel. Rey Mysterio's one of the best underdog babyfaces in the history of pro wrestling. But what the fuck? So fuck Andrade? He's in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal? Man, saying Andrade and Andre in the same sentence... Oof. I almost uh, almost died there. Almost died for your sins. Uh, <laughs> the Revival versus Aleister Black, Ricochet, and uh, uh, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, who don't have a team name. This is Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Not like American Beta, whatever the fuck they're... I don't know. Obviously, that'd be a terrible name. Chad Gable's amazing. I don't know what to say. I mean, look. No one cares about these these belts. This match was fine. The four-way was good, too. Probably three and three quarters. This three-way was, like, three and a quarter. I mean, for an Aleister Black and Ricochet and Revival and Chad Gable match. Kind of disappointing, I guess. But it was fine. Uh, then we have the bar and a handicap match where they beat up Kofi Kingston. This was shit. Also not a match. Really just an angle. Um... Asuka defeated Mandy Rose. That was whatever. It was like a two-star special. Um, so who's Asuka getting at Mania? The same Lacey Evans? Okay. Clearly they want Lacey Evans to win, which is bad because she's not ready yet. But whatever. What the fuck do I know? Uh, then the opener was actually pretty fun. The Usos defeated The Miz and Shane 
they had some fun stuff in this match. Um, uh, the Usos are great. Really, that's really all you need to know. The Usos are fucking baller. Miz was cruiserweight Miz. He did a springboard. What the fuck? Alright, sure. He's working full babyface now. Um, after the match, Shane turns heel and puts Miz in a hilarious triangle choke. Seriously, just watch. I don't know. There's probably gifts of it. Just him rolling Miz into this triangle where Miz just has to comply, essentially. Miz has to pretend he's dead in order to not escape it. Because Shane essentially lets him go. <laughs> it just, just puts him in this fucking rolls in this triangle. Oh, man. Shane's 50. Look, I understand he's 50. He still jumps off stuff. It's fine. As a heel, he's probably going to take a big bump. Like, Miz will probably throw him through the table or whatever. But talk about a match I'm not excited for for Mania, though. Um, so that was Fastlane. It was actually a pretty, in terms of wrestling, it was pretty okay show. For B-Show's pretty good. Fastlane's usually bad, so this is actually better than most Fastlanes, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't, like, a great show if people were talking about that. Let's talk about the New Japan Cup. This tournament's been fucking, uh, pretty, pretty good. It's been a pretty good tournament. Um, I've not watched, I'm gonna talk about the first two rounds here. As of now, we are up to the semifinals in canon when I'm recording this, but I have not seen the quarterfinals, so, um, I can't really talk about them, you know. Uh, I've seen most of the first two, first, uh, round and second round matches, so those are the ones I will talk about. Starting at the top here with Yuji Nagata versus Tomori Ishii. This went 21 minutes, and it was fucking awesome. Definitely one of the matches you want to check out. If you're feeling like your, uh, match of the year, uh, uh, what do you call it? Not balance, but, you know, your spreadsheets. Yeah, your spreadsheets. I want four and a half stars for this because fucking Ishii's the man and Nagata still has it. They look, Nagata is not out of G1s because he can't go anymore. Alright, that's why Tenzon's out of G1s. Because he can't go anymore. Nagata can still go. He fucking went in this match. He was awesome. Uh, but he's just old. And you know what? They gotta push young, new guys like your Sonatas, your Evils, fucking even your Ospreys. That's right, the Gaijins count too. Um... And your Juice Robinsons, you know, so... Uh, and your Taichis. So, you know, um, but this is awesome. Ishii and Nagata... This feud that started with Nagata breaking up a submission in uh, the, the the New Year's Dash events, Just kicking Ishii in the back of the head. And then Ishii was not going to forgive him for that. He just gave Nagata a look like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you till you're dead. And Nagata's like, fucking bring it. And they just fought... And man, they added a lot of heat. You should watch that match is worth checking out from Dash, too. If you haven't watched it, it was really. It's I think Ishii, Goto, and Osprey. You know, Osprey just beat Ibushi, so he's like uh, new, new, newly minted top guy, uh, newly minted heavyweight champion against Nagata, Kushida, and then um, was it maybe Hanare? It was another like one of those, uh, you know, facey guys. But Osprey beat Kushida in that match. It was like legitimately a four-star trios match. Uh, when you look at the names, it's not necessarily surprising. But really the focus, besides Osprey, who was, you know, getting the big push, was uh, Ishii and Nagata killing each other. All to lead to this New Japan Cup match, which was fucking dope. And Nagata puts up a hell of a fight, but Ishii puts him down with a brain buster. There's a lot of great striking. And if you see, look, it's, it is an Ishii match. 
But it was also a Nagata match. I think one of my favorite things was um, Nagata going for the um, eyes rolling back arm breaker and Ishii just like rolling away from it. And then giving Nagata a look like, what are you fucking kidding me? You're going <laughs> to put me in your goofy arm bar, you fucking old man? I'll kill you. And uh, yeah, so it was awesome. Uh, Hama vs. Taichi, I did not watch this. It went 18 minutes. What the fuck? Okay. Um, I did not watch it. I heard people say it was bad. And I heard John Carroll say it was good. So, I suspect I probably wouldn't have liked it. I, that wasn't even, I'm not even holding anything against Taichi. Really? It's more because Honma looks like he's cooked and I don't like watching him really anymore. Because it's just kind of sad. Manabu Nakanishi vs. Yoshihashi. This was, uh, speaking of which, Nakanishi... <laughs> It's fun that they put him in this, but, like, we could stop. We don't have to. We can let it be over. And Yoshihashi gets the win with his uh, shitty butterfly lock. Shit. <laughs> Look, I know there's people who defend Yoshihashi. Uh, Dylan Hales, I think. But listen, I... What the fuck? So the butterfly lock... If you're gonna do the butterfly lock, make it not look like shit, man. If we're gonna, like, shit on John Cena's STF... I, Yoshihashi's butterfly lock is worse than Cena's STF. Because uh, at least in the Cena's STF, at least his, you know, he's got the leg grapevine. <laughs> sure, his crossface is shitty. But the butterfly lock it looks like a guy is just... He's, even the crowds, he's been doing this move for years. Uh, the crowds never buy that he's going to beat anyone with it. Even though he does. Juice Robinson versus Chase Owens. This is fucking great. Wow, this went 25 minutes. Did not feel like it. This match breezed by. It was fucking awesome. S great guardrail spots. There's a, a suplex. Chase suplexes Juice into the guardrail early on. And then, what was the other guardrail spot? It was something crazy. Uh, maybe like a Russian leg sweep into it, I want to say. Um, but yeah, Chase, you know, I'm really, I'm happy. I was saying, I was calling this, that Chase might get the win over Juice here. To set up a U.S. title challenge. It looks like he's getting that. Uh, it looks like he's getting that in the garden, too, which is pretty fucking big for Chase. But when you look over the roster now with the, with all the elite gone and all that, and Beretta, you know, your Berettas are gone now. You know, the, um, not as many Gaijins, and specifically not as many Americans. Like, the guy, like, you know, Sabre and Osprey are British, and, uh, Robbie Eagles was around. He's, uh, Australian, right? As the Jews and Chase, they're, you know, Americans. So, uh,. Jay White is, of course, uh, 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 Kiwi. Um, so, so yeah, fucking, um, Chase is one of the only Americans on the roster. Uh, like, wrestles in America, like, a lot. So, uh, so Chase is good, man. You know, he's, uh, he's solid, solid, uh, indie hand. He's been a solid pin eater in New Japan for a little bit. So, you know, he, he deserves a turn. He deserves a turn at the big kid's table, you know? At least a turn. Give him a turn. He's gonna turn. It's great. Uh, this match with Juice showed what he could really do. This was I went four and a quarter on this match. Uh, Ishii Nagata went four and a half on. I don't know if I said that. But yeah, uh, Juice and Chase. I went four and a quarter. Really good stuff. Um, Kazuchi Okada versus Michael Elgin. Man, it's really hard to get invested in a Michael Elgin match now, isn't it? Besides him being problematic, um, it's just look. That's well, that's one thing on its own, uh, which you know. You know, it's not like, uh, I don't know, it's hard to talk about that stuff, because it's like, I, it's, you can't demonize him as much as someone who, like, actually committed a sexual assault, right? But also, I don't know, the way he handled that was definitely not good, 
But also, I don't know, I don't know all the details, really, because I don't know. But I just know the public perception of him since then. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's not good. Uh, it's not great. Uh, but also, besides that, like, he's done not. he hasn't, he's done nothing in New Japan for a couple of years. He has no momentum, you know? Well, what he does have is good chemistry with Kazuchika Okada. And, um, so they had a pretty good match here. Uh, not, they had, like, a four and three quarter star match at the G1 in 2017. When Okada was on his, like, undefeatable champion run. And, um, yeah, it was really awesome, that match. That was, like, one of the best matches that G1, one of the best matches that year. Um, d damn near five stars I went on that. Uh, he also had a really awesome match. In the same G1, he had a... Uh, almost five-star match with Omega that year, so those are worth revisiting. Um, but what I will say is um, this match was not as good as that, but it was pretty good. It was uh, probably go four flat on it. I really like the um, the use of the crossface he was doing here, um, and uh, yeah, I just it was a good addition to his arsenal to counter uh, Okada's attempts at the Rainmaker. Um, and yeah, I don't really have much else to say about that. Okada wins. Uh, Mikey Nichols versus Hikuleo. I did not watch this. I heard it was bad. Of course it was. Hikuleo is green, coming back from injury. Not a great setup for Mikey Nichols, but it's fine. Uh, we get next to Will Ospreay versus Bad Luck Fale. I watch this because I watch. I try to watch every Will Ospreay match because he entertains me that much. Uh, that being said, Fale is terrible. This is like the worst Will Ospreay match I can remember. Uh, Fale just fucking sucks. I don't know. I don't even know what to give this. Uh, two, two and a half, maybe. For Osprey's hard work. I guess, I'll go north of two for Osprey trying, I guess. You don't have to watch this. Uh, just know that Osprey won with a Rana pin, which literally Bailey did once to Naya that was better than this. Uh, Tohanari versus Lance Archer. Uh, Lance Archer's aight. This is, this is aight. Um... I don't, again, Hanari's another guy who's fucking problematic, so I don't know. Yeah, he has great chemistry with Ishii, and yeah, it'd be fun to him to be pushed, I guess, as one of those guys, but like, uh, you know, uh, supporting um, gay conversion therapy, man, I'm not cool with that. It's not cool. Not cool, man. Uh, and I don't think he's changed his mind on it to fight. I think he's, he said he changed his mind. I don't believe that. I think... People just got in his ear and said, like, you should say that you changed your mind. Uh, anyway, look, man. Um, it's one thing to be conservative, but supporting gay conversion therapy, uh, it's a step too far. That's a step. That's a step. Uh, a couple steps. That's a couple steps too far. A couple steps too far. Um, so, yeah, fuck him. I don't know. I don't want to... I don't, I don't give a shit if he ever gets pushed. I, I, how, how can I care? Uh... Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Shota Aminu. Okay, this is the match I was looking forward to most in round one. This went 17 minutes and deserved every minute of it. Shota Aminu looked great. Uh, if you didn't see Shota Aminu's match with Zack Sabre Jr. during Ring of Honor, um, what were they called? The Rising Shows, whatever. Whatever the shows when Ring of Honor comes to town. Umino and Sabre had, like, the best match on those shows. Uh, it was, like, legitimately a four-star match. Where Saber gave Umino, gave Umino a lot. Here Tanahashi did not give Umino as much. But it was perfect because he's Hiroshi fucking Tanahashi. <laughs> okay. Umino can only get so far against him. 
what I loved was the story of the holds of this match. Because, like, holds in wrestling, you know, sometimes holds are just holds. Especially, like, in WWE where they mean nothing. When fucking Jinder Mahal puts you in a arm lock. Or the Baron Corbin fucking arm and chin lock. Fucking hell. Unless you're Kevin Owens and you make a hold, like, a rest hold interesting. But these weren't rest holds, man. These were in this match. These were fucking... First off, uh, Tanahashi puts Umino... Looks like he's going for the cloverleaf, but then no, he puts him in the crab. Because that's what beats young boys. Boston Crabs is sufficient to defeat young boy. And Shotsumino, for all intents and purposes, is still a young boy. The top young boy. <laughs> but a young boy nonetheless. And Shotsumino's like, fuck that, I'm not losing to this crab. Gets the ropes. Then he takes down Tanahashi and is like, fuck you. I'll put you in the crab. Give a shit that you're the ace. I'll be the ace of this place one day in a couple fucking years. Puts Tanahashi in a crab. Tanahashi's like, did this nigga just put me in a fucking crab? He fucking gets the ropes. And then, the you know, there's some more uh, wrestling exchanges in there. Shota Amino had great fire. Um, got as much as he could out of the limited Young Lion arsenal uh, that, he, uh, that he is allowed to use. And fucking Tanahashi puts him in the cloverleaf. And it's like, alright, you don't have to the crab. How about this fucking cloverleaf? Hurts a little bit more, doesn't it? I've taken down Okada with this move. Let's see if you can withstand it. And he couldn't. Because she showed to Amino, he's awesome. He'll meet him at the Dome one day. But today, he's still a young boy. And he submits to the fucking Cloverleaf. I love this. This is great storytelling. This is, ah, beautiful. Tanashi gave him just enough. You know, not too much where you ever really thought, like, he would probably, you know. None of the, no one thought Amino was going to win. But you're not supposed to think that. You're supposed to think that, man, one day, maybe he'll be good enough to take down Tanahashi. The, it was you have to show the uh, sparks of genius, uh, but not the you know, it's not his time. But the fact that he was in this tournament at all, obviously they got plans for this dude. Also, it was really cool was um, his dad, <laughs> Red Shoes was ref in the match, and it was just really cool him you know seeing him. Do you want to give up, son? I mean, I don't, he was saying in Japanese. I don't know what he was saying, but just you, you imagine that he was like, "Hey, son, you want to give up? It's okay. You're fighting Tanahashi. It'd be cool if you gave up." Uh, I don't want him to kill you. Um, also, it's the type I like when uh, people win with other finishers. Tanahashi puts Amino away with the uh, Cloverleaf, and now later, you know, puts one on Okada in the finals. Maybe you're like, "Fuck, maybe you know, maybe Okada's gonna submit to this." Um, Tenzan versus Taguchi. This was fun. Uh, Tenzan's like, you know, he can't really do much anymore, but. Taguchi made this fun. Uh, Taguchi's been... I'm glad, you know, I, I'm really sad for David Finley, obviously. But, um, because I think Finley's awesome. And could have really gone over this tournament. Uh, gotten something. Because he's literally gotten nothing. <laughs> Ever since he broke out of being a young boy. I had that one, uh, junior title reign with Ricochet, I think. And really not gotten shit since... Oh, he had the one main event with Jay White. Which, that was also great. But, um... Yeah, besides that... I really, uh, you know, but th- that being said, Taguchi has been a great addition, uh, has brought a lot of fun to this, and, uh, he won, which was great, <laughs> I'd rather see Taguchi wrestle, uh, at this point, um, he, uh, I think he got the one with a roll-up here, I wanna say, I'm reviewing a lot of matches today, it's hard to remember everything, but, um, yeah, that was a fun match, I, I mean, probably, you know, uh, I probably got, like, three stars on it, but, Definitely was fun. Uh, Kota Bushi versus Tetsuya Naito. Oh, man. This is probably the best match of the first round, right? I mean... Yeah, I mean... 
Ishii and Nagata went four. I, so I went four and a half on Abushi versus Naito. This went 20 minutes and also breezed by. Oof. This felt... Man, these two have some kind of chemistry. The chemistry looks like they're trying to break each other's necks. Uh, the finish... Uh, there was a little bit of sloppiness here. Uh, which is maybe why... Like, they're... Um, let's see. They had... Uh, was it the G1 match in 2017? They had... Uh, did they have a G1 match last year? Man, I can't remember now. I think they did. Yeah, I think they've had G1 matches the last couple of years. Oh, right. The one last year was on the same day as Omega Ishii, which was, like, one of my favorite matches of the year, and that's why it got... Uh, <laughs> that's why it's getting buried in my mind. Because they literally had a four-and-three-quarter star match, but it was after the Ishii-Omega match, which I gave five, and is one of my favorite matches ever. Um, but, yeah, so... And then in 2017, they also had... on the fir- They opened... Uh, they they made it into the first night of G1, and had a four and three quarter star match. So this I didn't like as much as those. I went four and a half on. That being said, it's it was still awesome. Um, and the finish was brutal. Fucking god, Kota Ibushi dropped him with a tiger driver. Is anyone talking about Ibushi using this tiger driver to set up the fucking the way he he just drops him with a tiger driver, and then like in fluidly in one motion grabs his wrists, fucking uh, surpass the gods. I almost said Bomaye. Uh, but it's, it's the, um, fuck, I forgot the other name now. Oh, my God. Uh, it's called Surpassing the Gods. I know, I know the Japanese name, usually. Uh, I'm forgetting it right now. But anyway, the point is, he fucking need Naito's fucking face in. And, uh, picks up the win. But man, that was a, it was a sick-ass Tiger Driver. Uh, damn it, and that's right, Wikipedia takes down the moves now. So I can't even look up the name of his fucking move. Thanks a lot, Wikipedia. Um, anyway, Surpassing the Gods is a sick name anyway. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed because I know the name of that move. Uh, anyway. Um, so uh, that's probably the, my favorite match of the round one. Uh, unsurprisingly. Uh, then we had Evil vs. Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, this was great too. I love these two together. They have great chemistry. I love the match that they had in uh, New Beginning. I went four on that. And when Evil finally got his win over Zack. And so I figured here Zack would... Evil, so Evil... The whole story with Evil and Zack was... Evil just could never get past Zack Sabre Jr. He just couldn't do it. And finally in New Beginning... He was able to defeat him one-on-one. Finally able to get over that hump. But that being said... Just because he can beat him once... Doesn't mean he's going to usually beat him. And Zack gets the win over Evil here... Because he's still... On most days... Zack Sabre Jr. is better than Evil. Um, you also got to remember Zack Sabre is the um, Rev Pro British Heavyweight Champion, which, like, in New Japan lore, it's not completely clear how much that matters. Like, in the Dome, they were, like, you know, him and Ishii had a great match, but they were, like, working fourth from the top, or, or from the... They were, like, the fourth match on the show, or whatever. Right? So, it's unclear if they're... And like, is, is the British heavyweight title going to be represented as on par with the U.S. title? Is that going to be, like, their version of the, what WWE has, the U.K. title on Pete Dunne? Is that going to be what Zack is? I would like that to be the case, because, um, it's fucking cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, but, um, Zack, uh, gets the win over here, submits Evil with, I think we're in tier with Napalm Death. I think it was, uh, yeah. Um, if not, it was probably one of his other 
slew of insane submissions. Um, then we have Togi Makami vs. Cole Cabana. Did not watch that. Um, so, and then we have Toriyama vs. David Boy Smith Jr. I also did not watch that. Sorry. Uh, Satoshi Kojima, Satoshi Kojima versus Minoru Suzuki. I did watch this because Kojima is the fucking man. The strong right arm. The leader of Bread Club. Uh, Kojima's great. Look, I'm a, I, look, I am a self-professed lariat enthusiast, so it's no, no surprise I would love Kojima with his fucking lariat just taking people's heads off. But also, I just, I just, I like Kojima as a guy. I just enjoy his, his, his brand of charisma, if you will. And, um, it was unfortunate here he was able to hit that, uh, left, uh, left-handed lariat, but not able to get the right one on him. And Suzuki was able... They had, like, a real fun back and forth here. Uh, Suzuki was able to choke him and stick him with the gotch um, in 14 minutes. I'd probably go three and three quarters on this. I really enjoyed it. Um, very good stuff. That's about what you can expect from Kojima right now. He's around in the three and a half to four and a quarter range. Four and a quarter on a really good opponent, good day. But he's solid. He probably won't go lower than three and a quarter for you. You know, even with weaker opponents. He's a pretty solid, solid right arm. Um, and then we have Hiroki Goto versus Sonata. This went 20 minutes. This was really good. I would go three and three quarters on this as well. Weird, no, I wasn't looking forward to watching this match. And I was telling Benel, uh, how I was basically like, look, uh, I don't, <laughs> that's what we were arguing about in, uh, this is the clip. I think I threw it up on YouTube of us arguing about Goto and, uh, <laughs> just like, I think he said like, Oh, I, I have to have this Goto in my Sonata match. And I'm like, fuck you, Goto's better than Sonata. Uh, I don't know if he's really better than Sonata. I was trying to, I was baiting Benel there. But, like, he's uh, he's definitely not worse. I wouldn't say he's worse uh, in terms of just, you know, if you look at his history of matches, his uh, body of work, if, if you will. That being said, I, I just didn't think these guys would have chemistry because these are two guys that don't have chemistry with people sometimes, uh, even though I like them individually as wrestlers. But turns out they on this day they had some pretty pretty solid chemistry here, uh, nothing blow away. But like yeah, they had a good three and three quarters match here, and uh, Goto being the geek he is pointed at himself uh, after <laughs> after running Jay White off, and then um, lost in the first round. But you know what? It's <clears throat> I'm not one of these people that thinks Goto needs like to be anywhere other than where he is. Uh, water break there. Well, Goto is what he is. He's an upper mid-carder. He's a great wrestler. And he, that's what he is. He's an upper mid-carder. He's not gonna... not. I like that in New Japan, not everybody wins that title. It's because it's special. How much? How special is Jay White right now? That he's not only won it, he's a gaijin that won this at 26 years old or whatever he is. Because he's fucking special. Okada is special. Tanahashi is special. Naito... Even though he fucking lost it in two months. Still is special. He won the thing. Kenny Omega was special. Kota Ibushi. Some, I mean, Kota Ibushi special either way. But we... <laughs> the fact that he hasn't won... Even Kota, even, look, even Kota Ibushi hasn't won that title yet. He's a fucking gigantic star. So, yeah. Shibata never won that thing. I, I'm not holding out hope that Ishii's ever going to win it. He's probably not. I, Ishi, I think Ishii... I'll be lucky if Ishii wins the, the fucking IC title one day. Which maybe he will. 
I wouldn't hold off hope for that either, looking at the talent pool that New Japan currently possesses, but maybe he'll win that someday. I, you know, who knows? Um, brings us to the second round here. Speaking of Tomori Ishii versus Taichi. Well, this is the best Taichi match in history. This is fucking awesome. Maybe the best match in the tournament that I've seen so far. Ishii versus Taichi. They won 23 minutes. Uh, Taichi no sells a pile driver in this match. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if that's, uh, he, this was the best Taichi performance I think I've ever seen. I know he had some good matches with Naito, he had a good match with uh, Tanahashi one time, but as a complete performance, I think this was Taichi's best. I think Ishii brought out the best of him here. Uh, he brought out Taichi's fire, um, and it's not just because Taichi no-sold a, a bunch of moves, you know, it's not that, it's that the fire that Taichi had. And the 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 grit and determination he showed, and he still you know he still had his tricks. He went for a low blow. I think he hit a low blow towards the end. It didn't work because he's all fucking man. You know, his balls are made of fucking stone. He he hit Ishii to stone pit bulls. Okay, look, the joke was right there. All right, you can't get mad at me. The joke. Uh stupid. All right, yeah, yeah. So Ishii um shakes off the low blow, hits the brainbuster. Uh, after 23 grueling minutes, um, it felt like a fight. That's what it really was. It really felt like a fight the whole way through. The Taichi Naito matches had like elements of of uh, fuckery, where like it's kind of like whatever, and then eventually uh, it it feels like a fight down the stretch. Um, but this match I love the whole way through. Um. Next up, we have uh, Yoshihashi versus Chase Owens. Um, why did Yoshihashi beat Chase Owens? What was the point? Chase Owens just beat Chase Robinson, man. Did Yoshihashi really need this win? Uh, this is fine. Not nearly as good as the Juice match. and um, I don't know. I can't get into Yoshihashi with his fucking butterfly lock and his tripping on the way down to the ring. I get lost. Get lost, Yoshihashi. I don't, I don't. I don't need you around, man. Look, look at the talent they have around here. Look, we don't need Yoshihashi. Send him away. Send him to all Japan or something. I don't know. Fucking hell. Okay, Okada versus Mikey Nichols. This is very good, but not necessarily good enough. In the sense that, like, this wasn't a star-making performance for Mikey Nichols, and part of the problem with that is nobody knows what his moves are, and his moves have not had a chance to get over yet. So, he's got to get his moves over against the top guy in the company. Um, and uh, usually when you ha when you face a guy at this level, like an Okada or a Naito or a Tanahashi, uh, your moves will have already... You've gotten them over on the small fry, you know? You beat up a Chase Owens, or a, a fucking Taichi, or a, a Yujiro... Or, uh, fucking juniors. I don't know. Abushi, Right? You pin him with your blue thunder bomb sometimes. And now people are like, oh, if he hits that to Okada. And so, look, they did a good job. You know, there was a, it was a really strong closing sequence. Because, of course, Okada, um, is the master of those. Um, like he had one with Elgin in the first round. He had one here with Mikey Nichols. Uh, built around the, the Rainmaker and the blue thunder bomb, obviously. As the blue thunder is Mikey Nichols' finish. 
Uh, but people didn't really know that, it seemed like, so it wasn't always clear, like, how how much danger Okada was in. So it takes away some of the drama, if you don't realize that Okada's in imminent danger as he's being lifted up for that blue thunder. Um, Mikey Nichols looked good here. Those offense look good. Uh, his lariats, his sliding lariat looked great. Um, strike exchanges. Uh, he carried himself, like... Not like... He doesn't have, like, the charisma of Shane... Hay slash Shane Thorne. Um, but he he's a man of, uh... There's a certain stature that he has to him. Uh, I just mean that he's tall. Like, he, um... He... I mean, he is tall, but he's, uh... But he has, like, uh... uh he, he's got... He's, he, he, not like a swag like Shane Thorne had, but kind of like, um... There's a presence. He's got a little bit of a presence to him, I think. Um... So, but it's gonna need... It needs to be, um, groomed. Uh, it has to be, uh... Uh, sculpted. And it hasn't had enough time yet. It's still too fresh. Uh, it's too new. And, um... It's, 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 there's a hard way to, to, to start Mikey Nichols' um, introduction to the audience, but, um... I think, you know, the cream rises if Mikey Nichols keeps putting in, um... Good performances and strong work. He'll get chances. He'll get opportunities. Um, so, that brings us to Will Ospreay versus Lance Archer. Uh, this is way better than the Folly match. Uh, this is, I would probably go three and three quarters on this. This is very good. Uh, not quite great. Uh, Lance Archer, his choke slams look pretty, pretty sick. Osprey's bumping and his selling was solid. Uh, his comebacks were really good. Um, and fa- but here's the thing. Fuck stars. The... The big point of this whole thing was that Will Ospreay took down two giants back-to-back. Took down Fale, and here he creatively comes up with a way to get Lance Archer, Lance, Lance Archer in position for the Stormbreaker, which he hits for the win. And that's the whole fucking thing, man. That's all it is. You gotta, we're putting Will Ospreay over. We're, he's the never-openweight champ. We're not just going to beat him. We're going to march him on the road to success here. Uh, I don't know, look, is Osprey going to become a bigger star than Jay White? Is he going to main event the Dome? I don't know. I, I'm really, I'm wondering where Will Osprey fits into the Dome next year. If everybody, if everybody has, um, Okada and Naito pencil in as the main event, which I imagine many people do, right? I wonder where Will Osprey fits. Is, um, when you think about the pieces that they got, they got Tanahashi, they got Jay White, they got Ibushi, and they got Will Ospreay. I kind of think of those as, like, the other, the next four pieces down after, um, Okada and Naito, right? So how do you pair those up, really? That's really the question. Um, I mean, I kind of think it's going to be Ibushi and Jay White for the IC at the Dome, well, Osprey and Tana. If you look, I mean, look, Tana. After this this miracle comeback run, I think he's putting over Okada in the finals of this tournament. Uh, he's in putting people over mode. I think after this, I mean, you gotta you know keep him strong for G one. Uh, this uh, oh man, but Tana wrestling. Tana is Tana gonna wrestle Osprey for the Never title? Is that what Tana's really gonna be doing? I don't know. Maybe. Osprey beats Saber for the Rev Pro British title, and then Tana wrestles him for that. I almost could see 
Tana wrestling for the Red Pro British title more than I could see the Never. So, anyway, that's way down the line. Also, other names to consider are, like, Omega and Jericho will probably be involved in some way. So maybe we'll get, you know, maybe you don't have to do Osprey. You could maybe do Osprey Omega and have Osprey beat Omega and Tanahashi and Jericho. Something like that. Who knows? Um, or maybe it's Osprey and Jay White. Maybe it's that. Um, but yeah, so um, anyway, uh, this is a very good match. Uh, uh, Osprey's offense is uh, great. Uh, the finish here, he's trying to... Uh, the uh, he couldn't get Archer for the Stormbreaker, so he just like starts kick him in the face. Really enjoyed that. Um, not um, not like a match of the year or anything, but uh, definitely one of the stronger matches in the tournament, I would say. Then we had a fun match here. We had Tanahashi versus Rusuke Taguchi. Uh, Taguchi. Uh, well, like I said, it's been a fun addition to this tournament. I really, I kind of thought this would be a fuck around match for Taguchi. He would just try all his antics, but no, he wrestled this very seriously. Uh, my favorite sequence of this was when, um, Taguchi would go for the, th uh, Three Amigos, and Tanahashi would counter with, a uh, Twist and Shout. But then, uh, like, they would trade off, and, uh, like, Tanahashi would hit a Twist and Shout, and Taguchi would hit him with a suplex, and roll through to go for another one, but then Tanahashi would Twist and Shout him. And, uh, they would just exchange, uh, moves there. They couldn't try to break each other's wills. And, uh, and actually, anyway, Taguchi getting the better of it. He hits, he hits the three suplexes, finally. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the use... They established early on with Taguchi going for that ankle lock that he means business, you know? And uh, Tanahashi also here had to uh, quit down and, like, use Taguchi's own ankle lock against him at one point. Uh, and so Tanahashi had to assert himself as the, the alpha here. And Taguchi was a real fun underdog. He was a fun underdog in this match, so... Uh, yeah, this, Taguchi's a good wrestler when he wants to be. Um, and also, he's a better comedy wrestler than uh, Toriano. Uh, so, brings us to my favorite match of the second round. Uh, Kota Bushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. And, oh, well, look at that. The Actually, wait, is this my favorite match? No, no, Ishii Taichi is my favorite match of the second round. But I started with that one, so I peaked early. Sorry, everybody. I shouldn't have done that. But anyway, Ibushi versus Sabre is still really good. Uh... Not as good as the New Japan Cup match last year, which was awesome. Uh, that match was awesome. The G1 match last year was also awesome. They had two awesome matches last year. Uh, and, um... Was it... Wait, did they have a G1 match last year? Am I, fuck. <sighs> yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, they, I'm remembering now. Yeah, because, uh... Yeah, they, they, they... Man, there were so many great matches last year. It's, like, hard to... So the New Japan Cup, Cup match was great. And Sabre won that. And the, the G1, I think Ibushi won their G1 match. Uh, got that win back. Uh, and so here, Sabre defeats Ibushi with... Or he, Ibushi tapped out. He passed out last year. Well, not even passed out. He just the, the It was ref stoppage, really. This year, Sabre puts him in the orientation for Napalm Death. Uh, and he fucking ta he taps out. You know, people have been... Look, uh, I saw a Rich tweet about how Jay White is the best at counter-wrestling now. And I think when it comes to countering people into his own Blade Runner finish, I think he's the best at that. Uh, he has, I think, surpassed uh, Okada. Even, what was Okada's path to the Rainmakers has been you know, one of my favorite aspects of watching Okada wrestle for the last five years. Um, just all the different creative, cool ways he's come up with it. 
But Jay White is fresh. He's the new kid coming up with ways to get people into his Blade Runner, so it's just that much more fun to watch. But in terms of straight up just counter-wrestling into anything, I think Saber might be the best in the world right now. He's just... The way he can he reverses anyone's signature moves into a submission of some kind, uh, into a cradle, he just has it all down. He just has ways. And also, his offense is uh, very suitable. People can reverse his moves, like either like you know break him out of their hold or uh, one of my favorites is Saber goes for the running uppercut and Ibushi uh, catches him in midair into a backslide. I remember Saber. And Cedric Alexander did that spot. We saw that live, me and Benel, on an Evolve show, uh, where Saber goes for the uppercut and Cedric catches him in a black in a backslide for the pin. And here, Obuchi backslid him, rolled him through, and went for the fucking Kamigoye. I remembered it. Kamigoye. I'm the uh, I'm god of podcasts. I'm Godcast. I <laughs> uh, ruined it. Ruined it. Ruined it. But yeah, no, he. Uh, Catches him in the backslide, goes for surpassing the gods, the Kamigoye knee, uh, and Saber reversed that. All the reverses, my favorite reversal to the uh, Kamigoye in this match was he just, he, he, he I believe that the, the term is uh, stop kicked him, or step kick, I think they call it in in martial arts, is when, uh, he, Abushi uh, goes for the knee and Saber just like kicks his fucking leg away, his, the, the his right, uh, he, he, he stops the leg that Ibushi was bringing towards his face just kicks it out. Um, yeah, just a lot of great, uh, great fucking wrestling. Striking here was great. Uh, story around the leg kicks. The Ibushi's leg kicks were heavier, but Saber would bait him and then catch him into a fucking heel hook. Just awesome wrestling. I just love these two together. The fucking peanut butter and jelly, I tell ya. Um, so, that brings us, after that real serious wrestling contest... We have Cole Cabana versus Toriano. This was eight minutes and it was fucking fun. Uh, I didn't watch either of their first round matches because, to be honest, I didn't give a fuck. Uh, but I don't, you know, David Boy Smith is a good wrestler. But against Toriano, eh, whatever. Um, against each other though, and this is the thing, I don't, I don't like Yano really. I think he's a hacky, shitty comedy wrestler. Uh, but Cole Cabana is, uh, you know, I think he's a fun comedy wrestler. Uh, and um, together, I was gonna see what they were gonna do. What they were gonna do, and um, it was fun. I what can I say? It was uh, I watched the whole match with a smile on my face. Uh, it was uh, yeah. Uh, if comedy, if you want to see a comedy match to break up the tournament, this was the one, and it, uh, I enjoyed it. Final match of round two here: Minoru Suzuki versus Sonata. This was the longest match. Of round two. Let me tell you something, folks. This went 28-45. 30 minutes is a draw, I think. And then they're just both eliminated. Right? They fucking push that here. Now listen. I was not looking forward to this match. Uh, for one, I knew it was going to go as long as it did. Uh, I had heard. And also, like I said with Sonata earlier... Not necessarily into Sonata and Suzuki as... Like, I didn't watch the New Beginning match, you know? I, even though I saw Meltzer gave it four and a half stars. So maybe I missed something cool. Uh, but I know the story they were telling with L.I.J. versus Suzuki-gun is that Evil had been paired up with Saber and Sonata had been paired up with Suzuki. And uh, as L.I.J. are the baby faces at this point uh, in this feud, 
they are eventually they defend their tag titles against them, where Sonata got his win back on Suzuki there. But in here, in a singles contest, he still uh, uh, I think he never beat Suzuki. He lost to him in a G one uh, a couple years ago, I think. So. Yeah, here was his big chance, and they really... Look, this was better than I expected. They actually held my interest for the entire nigh half hour. Uh, look, Suzuki is not always... He's old, man. He's hit and miss now. Sonata, a great athlete. He's dynamic, but not always... Look, I'm not always into watching him wrestle long singles matches, you know? Against Okada, yeah, but against Suzuki, I was like, I don't know, man. Suzuki can't really bump too well. Like, he never could, right? But he's old now. And it's, he, I, that's gotta be, Suzuki's, uh, abil- not, uh, Suzuki's inability to bump has gotta be one of the least criticized but glaringly obvious flaws of, like, a major league wrestler. Like, people, like, yell at Will Ospreay for yelling when he sells, which, okay, sure, um... People get on Okada. I've seen people criticize Okada for having repetitive, uh, you know, uh, repetitive uh, sequences, which I don't agree with at all. But okay, uh, and I'm not like I don't actually care that Suzuki can't really bump because he's Minoru fucking Suzuki. But that's every that's everyone seems to be on be on board with that. Like nobody nobody really holds it against Suzuki that he can't bump. Um... It's just like, ah, well, you know, he's Minoru Suzuki. So, um, yeah, I mean, all the, you know, Omega's not there anymore, but all the criticism of Omega, you know, over the, over the, especially, I'm going to say years, but really, there was a lot of it when he was champion, let's be honest. That's really when the criticisms got real levied there. Um, but yeah, some people don't like uh, Saber for certain things. Uh, Saber's not the best at selling uh, a lot. I think he's improved, but... Um, but yeah, Suzuki, uh, you know, um, sometimes Sonata, uh, this is the thing with Sonata, like, he's the, uh, what's his gimmick, he's the fucking, uh, I almost said Stone Cold, he's the Cold, Cold Skull, right, or whatever the fuck his name, he's the, he's the, <laughs> uh, I'm not free, I'm right, I'm gonna, help me out here, Wikipedia, it's a, a Cold Skull, right, whatever, he doesn't show emotion, the point is, He's fucking stone-faced. And how am I supposed to feel sympathy for this dude getting beat down by Moro Suzuki if he doesn't fucking show any emotion? Because the whole point of a Suzuki match is to whoop someone's ass till you sympathize with them, right? And fucking... And that's why I was... It, I'm not into the, into the Sonata thing because he doesn't show fucking emotion. Um, that being said, uh, this the back-and-forth grappling in this match was really good. The submissions and reverse submissions and the striking. They told a really good story here. They really... This has almost worked as if it was them main eventing, like, a like a big pay-per-view. Like, um... I probably would go four flat on it. I think it was a little still too long. It didn't have to be as long as it was. But it was compelling uh, pretty much throughout. Um, like, I can't say I was really bored. I was always kind of into it. Um, but just, I, there was a little bit of, um, uh, like, redundancy of, like, the countering at the end there, of the, uh, where, like, Sonata would go, would have him in the dragon 
sleeper, which I don't like Sonata's dragon sleeper also. Uh, and then Suzuki would, like, grab his ankle and put him in a leg lock uh, or, like, a, a toehold of some kind. And they would, there was, like, there was diminishing returns because they would do this over and over then. And then it finished with um, Sonata uh, choking him out with a dragon sleeper and then hitting the moonsault for the win. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was still too long. The first two rounds have been good, though. Um, third round has actually concluded. We're actually up to the semifinals, but I have not watched it yet, and me and Benel will go over that. Well, probably, I don't know how much of this Benel's going to be able to watch, but I will um, watch the rest of the... I'll watch because there's only fucking seven matches left, and it's the semis. It's the quarters, the semis, and then the final, so... Um, pretty excited. These semifinals are going to be pretty good. Um, let's move on to uh, RH Anniversary. God damn it. Am I going to have time for 16 Carat? This is already so fucking long. Um, let me do this quick. Uh, RH 17th Anniversary. Um, so, uh, wait, did I, wait, did I click on the wrong thing here? No, I, uh, I know I'm on the right thing. I don't know why I have, um, Oh, I see. Because it's two nights. There's the TV tapings as well as the pay-per-view. Alright, whatever. Okay, so... Let's talk about this pay-per-view. Let's go from the main event on down here. Uh, we have the main event, which is Villain Enterprises. Defeated the Briscoes. This was fucking... God, this is gory. This was messy. This was fucking brutal and violent street fight. Um, this went 20 minutes. And it was, uh... It was really good. I'd probably go four stars flat on it. It was, uh... So this is crazy. I thought they were going to the Briscoes against G.O.D., right? But it looks like it's Brody King and P.C.O. They won the tag belts, so they're going to face G.O.D. What the fuck? Um, I mean, look, I don't like G.O.D., so I'm not, I'm not really interested in that match. But this, this was fun. This was brutal. I'm glad that Brody and P.C.O. won. They looked like absolute monsters. P.C.O. was bumping like a madman, taking the backdrops on the apron, and got back body dropped onto the fucking ramp. Which was supported by chairs. They fucking... Kendo stick hit him in the fucking head. Unprotected a bunch of times. I'm sure people are upset about that. Uh, looks like... I think they busted him open hard way with those kendo stick shots. And then after PCO does the monster spot where he grabs him and breaks the kendo sticks over his knee like a fucking Frankenstein monster. They take the broken kendo sticks and they stab him. They stab Brody King in the head. They stab PCO in the fucking throat. It's fucking insanity. Um, there's a bunch of table spots. The Death Valley driver through the table in the corner. Brody King's fucking left hand is broken going into this match. By the end of it, you can really tell. Because he couldn't fucking do anything with it. He tries to one-arm pile drive Jay Briscoe through a table. And it goes sideways. Um, but it doesn't look any. It doesn't look like it doesn't hurt. It still looked like it fucking hurt. It just didn't really go through the table the way they wanted. Um, God damn. It was... Uh, the Briscoes were on fire. The, look, okay. The Briscoes, um, they were really good here. I haven't really... It's been hard to be invested in the Briscoes because it seems like they're just spinning their wheels. And also, they also probably uh, don't like gay people. But, uh... God damn. What are you gonna do? A lot of wrestlers come from the South. Um, but, uh... <laughs> I shouldn't say it like that. I shouldn't. I shouldn't say what are you gonna do, 
Because it's I, I'm really giving I shouldn't really excuse him that much. But look, they don't really talk about it. It was Jay Briscoe one time mentioned how he doesn't want his kid to be gay. So now I just have to I don't know I'm supposed to now I'm just supposed to pretend like I never heard it or I don't know. Am I just I'm not gonna fucking blacklist talking about the Briscoes. They were pushed thing in Ring of Honor, and um, and uh, despite myself, I enjoy watching their matches usually. Uh, that being said, uh, I'm glad they lost here because <laughs> I didn't want to see another Briscoe's G.O.D. match. And I don't really want to see this G.O.D. match either. But at least this is some a little different and weird. Um, Brody King and P.C.O. came off like badasses here. Brody, they're over with the crowd. Um, I'm surprised. PCO, did you ever think that, like, a year ago, be like, hey, you know when Ring of Honor has their 17th anniversary show? PCO's gonna main event that shit. With Brody King. You'd be like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? Who are you talking about? The Mountie? Like, fucking main eventing the show. And winning those tag belts. And, uh, it was fucking, uh, good. Um... So then we had Rush versus Bandito for no reason. This didn't have to happen. These guys are both undefeated in Ring of Honor. They didn't have to wrestle each other. You could have put them as a team, and they could have beat up, I don't know, Mark Haskins and Tracy Williams. I love Mark Haskins, but you could have pinned Tracy Williams there. Or Tracy Williams and David Finley. How about that? Or the fucking Kingdom. They suck. Have them beat up the Kingdom. And then afterwards have Rush turn on Bandito. And then that has an impetus... To their singles match. But no, you just he had a singles match just because you didn't want two people to be undefeated? You couldn't build to this undefeated guy versus undefeated guy match? You know, like fucking pro wrestling does? You could you had to beat one of them just cause with no no real build or story? Whatever. So now Rush is still just undefeated. Also, what the fuck? Rush's finish is a dropkick to the corner? Why? This nigga did a fucking running Canadian Destroyer in the middle of this match. And it was just... It was... A setup spot to them both being down. But the dropkick to the corner, that's his finish. Okay. Am I just... Do I sound crazy? Am I just out of touch? Like, are, like is this... Are, like, modern wrestling fans just like, Yeah, no, obviously, Canadian Destroyers, they belong in the middle of matches. They don't belong at the end. Why would you end a match with a Canadian Destroyer? Obviously a wrestling match should end with a dropkick to a seated guy in the corner. That's how wrestling matches should end. Not with a front-flipping pile driver or a Spanish fly off the top. Those go in the middle of the match. I know, look, I'm not Jim Cornette, okay? But I'm also not fucking insane. It doesn't, why would your, why would your finish be a dropkick at the corner when you can just do a running Canadian Destroyer. Okay, um... It's not even, like, Shibata's running Dropkick in the Corner. Like, it's not even as good as that. Like, Shibata's running Dropkick in the Corner was like... A, like a, like, it looked like it fucking hurt. He, uh, you know, he got air, and he's a big guy. He'd come down at you with his fucking extended feet. With his boots. His fucking black boots. But with Rush, it's like, oh, you bullhorns. I get it because he's the white bull. You mess with the bull, you get the horns. I get it. But, like, what? 
Uh, all right. Well, anyway, the fucking uh, Bandito worked his ass off here. He looked great. And Rush is a charisma factory, so... Cool. So then Dalton Castle came out and challenged Rush at the uh, Garden. And, um... Big supporter of Dalton Castle. He hasn't... Since his return, he hasn't looked like the man I once knew. The man I once fell in love with. But, you know... Injuries, man. Wrestling's tough. That's a pe- People count their blessings that wrestlers are ever good at wrestling. <laughs> really. It's fucking hard to do, and it hurts people, and it's rough. So... And we had my favorite match on the show, Jay Lethal versus Matt Taven. Yes, this was my favorite match on the show. Don't at me. I mean, you can at me. I can't really tell you what to do, you know. <laughs> uh, this went to a 60-minute draw. Now, listen, a couple caveats here. One, I knew this match was going to go to a 60-minute draw. So, I was ready, uh, I was willing, and I was gable. Uh, second caveat, uh, Jay Lethal, I like Jay Lethal. Uh, notwithstanding uh, claims made by Taylor Hendricks, which have yet to have been substantiated or unsubstantiated, really. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, the, they are unsubstantiated as of yet, but they've yet to be disproven, is what I mean. Um, so, I gotta keep that in the back of my mind, because a lot of times where there's smoke, there's fire, especially in wrestling and uh, the entertainment industry. So... That being said, uh, Jay Lethal, the wrestler, I I always think has he has great matches. I don't know why people uh, he has this is seems to be in the at least the, the part of wrestling Twitter that I hang out in with the VOW guys and such that like people think Jay Lethal is not good or that he's boring. Look, I understand not being into his title reign anymore because we get it. He's been champion how many times for how long, but. Like, it's because Ring of Honor has no one else. They tried Dalton Castle, he got hurt. They tried with Cody while he was there. I mean, what are you going to do, man? They have Jay Lethal, he's their guy. Uh, and he's far from a bad guy. He's fucking... I mean, maybe he is a bad guy in, like the, in what Taylor Hendricks said. But in terms of a champion and a wrestler... Look, uh, I remember... Like, even when he wasn't on, working on top in the mid-card, he had a great match with Bobby Fish... On the show, I remember, and Bobby Fitch does not always have great singles matches. Uh, Final Battle, this past year, he had a great one with Marty Skrull. Oh, that was, was that uh, two years ago? Because this past year he had Cody, right? Yeah, I didn't watch that match. Mostly because I don't think Lethal and Cody ever had chemistry, really, so. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe people just watch Lethal and Cody matches, and like, oh, Lethal sucks. No, you know what I really think it is? I think it's, I think Lethal got this reputation on that Tetsuya Naito main event he had a few years ago. Where, and I will admit, that match wasn't good, but also, Naito took the fucking night off, guys. But nobody's gonna blame Naito, because fucking everyone loves Naito all the time. And, uh, look, Naito's awesome, but he, watch that match. Uh, he Naito took the night off. That was because Lethal is a bad wrestler. Okay, when Lethal and Naito, they had a Ring of Honor match that was actually pretty good. When, uh, Naito was the, that's what set that match up, they're... Lethal beat Naito in Ring of Honor. And that was like a three and three quarter star match. And then uh, he went to main event over in Japan. Put in a bad spot. He wasn't supposed to be there. It was supposed to be Naito and Tanahashi, I think. It's years ago. It's hard to remember. But Lethal was a replacement. Oh, I think it was, no, it was supposed to be Naito and Elgin. Right. But the crowd knew it was Elgin. They didn't know Lethal. And so Lethal was walking, working behind the eight ball. And Naito took the fucking night off. They had a three star match in the fucking main event of uh power struggle or something and um 
So yeah, uh, I don't. I feel like that's a lot of people have been sleeping on Lethal ever since then, and it's bullshit because uh, he's great usually. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, uh, let me. What the fuck was I talking about? Besides, oh, the Gresham matches also. Lethal has been, has been awesome in those. Uh, Lethal versus Matt Taven. Also, okay, I've never given a fuck about Matt Taven. All right, I've never given a single solitary fuck about Matt Taven. But that's why I love this match. Because Matt Taven, within this hour of pro wrestling, got me to give a fuck about him. Which is crazy. Because it's not like Ring of Honor made me give a fuck about Matt Taven. Matt Taven, through his performance here, made me care about him. And it was because of the, I just seen his, his passion in this match, his desire, you know, his fucking heart... He wouldn't give up. And you know what I also love? I will, and I, you know, I'm a sucker for these in matches. I am a sucker for well-placed false finishes. You can't just do false finishes whenever, willy-nilly. Throw them around like fucking Roman and Brock in the main event of WrestleMania. When we all expect them. And their finishes mean nothing. Kicking out of 8F5s doesn't mean anything. <laughs> um, but here it fucking meant something. Because Taven's not... Taven's not been a... He's never been a kick-out-of-finisher guy. He's been a mid-card heel his entire run. Sniff the main events here and there. But they said this was like his second title challenge ever. Which is amazing when you think of how fucking... Uh, how thin the roster has become over the years. But yeah. It's because Ring of Honor knows... They pushed Taven because they had to. He's their guy. But they know he's not like fucking a huge star... But Taven was working his ass off here to show everyone else different. He's like, no, I should be the top guy. I've deserved, I've worked my ass off. I fucking broke my leg over in Japan. What, what, was it in Japan where he got hurt? He was in the tag match with Bennett, I think. Was it, well, I might not in Japan, but he was in a tag team with Bennett. Oh, I think it was the final battle um, where he, they dropped the titles to War Machine. And like he like broke his leg and he was gone for a while. Came back, you know, surgically repaired knee or whatever he had. And he's like, I'm going to work my ass off and show everyone that I deserve to be the main event of the top fucking guy here. And he put in an effort that I fucking respect and literally got me invested in the match. Look, I, I, it's comparable to Kofi in the um, the gauntlet, not the, the, the first one they did. We're like, look, and the difference is Kofi is more charismatic and a more fun guy to watch and also a babyface. But, you know, you, you this guy has just been around... For a while, you just see him in a certain way. All of a sudden, he's booked. Now, some of it was the booking. You know, they booked Kofi to beat a bunch of guys. You know, in that first gauntlet, um, and uh, and they booked Matt Taven here to look strong and to kick out of the the lethal uh, the the lethal injection. Not just. Uh, I also love Jay Lethal's use of the cutter in this match was awesome. Like he he would use the cutter, he would reverse things. Whenever the flow of the momentum had to shift, he would break out the cutter. And when he was working, like when he was dominating Taven in the middle, he would give him a cutter on the apron, then one on the floor. Just thought the, the use of the cutter was really, really good in this match. And um, Matt Taven was just was busting out moves I've never seen him do. He's just selling his ass off, selling the fatigue, selling his desire, you know. Uh, the false finishes were great. Uh, I bought into, like, three of them. 
Even though I knew the I knew the finish, but I would still pop for all of them. Because I could. That, that's the other uh, the other caveat. Third and final caveat. Finally got to it. The crowd was so hot for this, and that you could feel the crowd. They were rooting for Jay Lethal at first. Some of them were with Taven, but then as the match went on, they started to believe in Matt Taven. And it's not this type of thing where they want Taven to be champion for like a year, but in this moment, on this night, they wanted to see Taven achieve the pinnacle of Ring of Honor. Because um, they really meant something to the fans, to Taven, and Lethal was, you know, the fighting champion. Lethal was better than Taven. That's why Taven needed to have his goons come out and try to fuck with the match, and that helped, you know... Some of that was just to give the match a little bit of cushion so they could go 60, you know. But honestly, I thought uh, Matt Taven's... If you told me, like, hey, Matt Taven's going to wrestle for 60 minutes, I was going to be like, okay, well, let me uh, hook myself up to the IV here, and uh, hopefully if they don't... If I don't answer in uh, in, uh, in a couple days, uh, I've passed on. But no, I fucking was way into it. I gave this four and a half stars. I was even thinking of going higher. Because I enjoyed it that much. I really did. I was really into this. Um, yeah, the, the counter-wrestling and the creativity here was just, you know, uh, really good. So, I can't speak highly enough about this match, really. I really, um... I, there's uh, there's nothing more fun to me than when like a new guy shows up as something. Yeah, you know, that's what makes this Kofi thing so fascinating to me. It's like you know he's been there this whole time, and now all of a sudden like oh, yeah, we should give him a chance. You know, something new. All right, Mayu Itani defeated Kelly Klein. This went nine minutes. It was fine. It was fine. Uh, Mayu Itani's great. Kelly Klein is not. She's like. If she wasn't in the position of being, like, the top lady of a brand, I'd probably like her more. But she's not ready to be a top lady of a brand. She's not there yet. I don't know if she'll ever be there. Um, she's not that bad. She's bad. She's, people say that she's bad, but really, she's just not ready for the spot that she's in. And she's only there because Ring of Honor has no fucking roster. They don't have a roster. I wish Deanna Peraza was still there, honestly. Um, or somebody. Somebody. Jordan Grace. I don't know. Anybody. Christ. Um, so, um, Jeff Cobb defeats Shane Taylor. Oh, this was really good uh, for the television title. This is probably, I would go four on this. Yeah, this was really, really good match. Uh, really good big man Haas battle. Um Jeff Cobb at one point throws a lariat. Lariat Shane, uh, Shane Taylor and falls out the ring. Which, like... <laughs> I saw Lanza tweet, like, um... I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but fucking, it was great either way. Yeah, and I... Jeff Cobb, look, he's had a couple... Back-to-back... Because -back, Cobb is great, but he doesn't always have chemistry with people. He's another one of these guys. Doesn't always click with his opponent. But between the Adam Page match and this Shane Taylor match... He's on a roll. He's really looking good going into the garden here, where I guess he's facing Will Ospreay. Just saw a video of uh, maybe Taichi's going to get involved, which, you know, despite Taichi's last performance in the Ishii match, I really would prefer if he stayed out of this. Um, but either way, uh, Cobb's looking great in Ring of Honor. Uh, he's looked dominant. They're doing everything right with him, so... 
I don't know. Is he going to stick around? Is he going to be the crown of the champion at next year's final battle? Or I guess it would be this year's final battle. But um, I don't know. Who, who knows? Um, then we have Marty. The opener was Marty Skrull defeating Kenny King. Uh, which was, this is good, uh, Kenny King is, like, a guy who, they just told the story of him cheating, so, Skrull out-cheated the cheater and won the match, just as a way to give Skrull momentum on the way to the Garden, with a three-way ladder, so they announced it's gonna be a three-way ladder match with Taven, Lethal, and Skrull, because it's a ladder match, I don't really care there's a three-way, because it's already a gimmick, you know, like, I don't, a singles match, if, without steps, like for I like the title match to be either a singles match, mano a mano, no steps. But if you're gonna do a gimmick like a ladder, I mean you might as well throw more people in there. Cause like singles ladder matches are kind of, you know I know it's there've been a lot of great ones, but the idea that a guy can't stop a guy from climbing a ladder is like a little unbelievable to me. Like if there's three guys, at least it's a little more like oh, it's hard to keep both guys from stopping me to climb a ladder. Like I can believe that it's harder to win that more and that it would go longer. Like, there should be, like, a singles ladder match that just goes, like, three minutes. Like, someone just hits a DDT on the floor, just come, walks in and climbs a ladder and wins. But they'll never do that because ladder matches are always, like, big matches for titles that have to go long and have all these crazy spots because that's what people expect. But logically, if you're really going to book... That's what a shoot company should do. They should book, um... That'd be great if New Japan did that, the, the next ladder match they fucking book. It literally goes three minutes. It's, like, it's Will Ospreay versus, uh, fucking, I don't know. I was gonna say Tanahashi, but let's not do that to Tanahashi. Uh, Will Ospreay and, uh, uh, <laughs> David Finlay. Uh, yeah, David Finlay's getting a shot at the Never title. And he's like, I want a ladder match. Ospreay fucking goes outside, he gives him a sunset full of powerbomb to the floor. And then walks in and just wins the match. <laughs> in like three minutes I know I said I like David Finley and now I'm burying him but like I don't know that is the thing that buries whoever you do that to that's really the problem with this but so maybe you should do it to someone you're pushing yeah maybe Osprey should be Tanahashi that way that'd be fucking wanna put Osprey over <laughs> Tanahashi's like okay Osprey let's fight a ladder match cause I never got to have one with Omega and Osprey's like cool and then fucking just it's fucking Sunset bombs him on the floor, climbs a ladder in three minutes. That that would shock people. How fucking shocked would people be? Man. Alright, so enough of that booking. Uh let's get to sixteen carats. You know what? Ah fuck it. I think uh I'm gonna save sixteen carat for Benel. Cause um he's definitely gonna want to chime in on this. And honestly I'm tired of talking. This is fucking God, this is so long to talk alone. Do you realize I gotta order lunch? <laughs> I got other things to do, man. It's Friday. Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. If you didn't regret listening to this podcast up till now, I'm sure you did when I started do quoting Rebecca Black. That was probably <laughs> Alright everybody. Um Kevin Dunn, we're coming for you, nigga. <laughs> 